Hi everyone and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Kenzie Vanali. And I'm Steve Forbes and we're back again for some post-match reaction to Southampton's 0-0 draw away to Fulham. Now Dean Hammond and Joe Prince Wright are with us again. Uh, Dean, best time of the year. How was your Christmas? Yeah, it was good, thank you. It was um, slightly different. Um, lots of time with the, with the kids. Um, five is at home, so lots of mess created. Um, ate way too much. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Uh, the family's healthy and happy, um, so can't complain, but, but very different. Can't wait for it to get back to normal, though. Um, but yeah, uh, good fun. Thank you. How was your Christmas, Joe? Did Santa bring you everything you wished for? <laughs> oh, and more, Steve. And more. <laughs> a wonderful Christmas. Yeah, uh, like Dean said, it was nice to, to be around family uh, and wishing everybody a health, healthy Christmas and uh, a happy new year out there. So, yeah, a lovely few days. Brilliant stuff. Well, before we discuss today's draw in a little bit more detail, here's how the game panned out courtesy of BBC Radio Solon. Ward-Prowse picks the ball back up. Now he's going to place it down. 29 yards out, left of centre, four-man wall, plus Reed on the floor. Here comes Ward-Prowse, whips it off the crossbar, goes back out, and then Shea Adams should have scored. And he may just have completely missed the ball as he was running in for the rebound off the crossbar. As... Bednarik sends it forward, diagonal long ball, it's a good one as well. First time Cross got a Fulham deflection, there's appeals for a handball. Looking for a handball, Saints, they're going back to the VAR that Bertrand appealed for. And we're watching a replay here, everyone. Ball in, definitely hits the hand of the defender as it gets put in early down the left from Bertrand. Onside and a shot and a volley. Shane Long has scored, if the flag goes up it's going to deny him a first goal since February and it has. Good ball from Armstrong down the right, flicked on by Long. Now Shea Adams on the right-hand side, puts a low ball in and Southampton have taken the lead. And Theo Walcott's timed his run to perfection, it looks like, from the left-hand side. Shea Adams pinged the cross in low. It's going to be offside, Dave. I think Shea Adams oh, is going to be what, called what for shame. his foot. What a I shame, know. because that, that is good play, that. It wasn't a thriller, Kens, was it? No, I don't think we can quite call it that, Steve. No, maybe a bit too much turkey on Christmas Day. But here to dissect the carcass with us is Dean Hammond and Joe Prince, right? Uh, Let's start with the general overview of the game. game. Dean, let's come to you first. What did you make of it? Um, I think it was a fair result in the end. I think both teams, there was lots of endeavour. There was lots of effort, um, lots of turnover and possession. No real rhythm got into the game. I know Craven Cottage is quite a small pitch, so it's quite competitive in in the middle of the pitch with the... With the midfield players so just lack that that little bit of quality uh, but a fair result a good point for Southampton you know they've had two offside goals to, uh, that have been disallowed you know fine margins fine details have just been if they've been offside we'd be talking about another fantastic away performance um, obviously the free kick from James Ward-Prowse which kind of then the ball spinning away from Shea which was just unfortunate um, so it was almost like an, an almost game there was almost there was half chances almost efforts but a good point you know a good point on Boxing Day away at Fulham who are an improving team um, so take the positives from that but I think a fair result yeah a game of fine margins then Joe do you agree with Dean absolutely I think you know the the most pleasing thing for me was that Southampton finished the game really well Uh, we talked before about them starting games well and then maybe not you know lasting for a full 90 minutes but I felt they they did really well in the second half and as Dean said very unlucky uh, with those really tight offside decisions, handball call could have gone their way. Um, there was one team that was going to win it late on. It looked like Southampton were going to nick all three points. So all things considered, a good point on Boxing Day. And then if Saints can back that with a win against West Ham, then I think that would be a really good four points from those two games, considering 
the key players that are missing from injury today. Well, let's look at the game in a little bit more depth now. Uh, Dean, I think it's fair to say that Fulham started the better team, really. But given the number of changes Ralph was forced to make today, do you think that that was what it was down to? Potentially, I think you're right. When you take the core out of the team, really, you're thinking Vettergaard, uh, Romeo, Ings. That's the, the central line of the of the team, really. Very influential players, experienced players, and they've had a big impact on the team and the season so far. So they're going to be missed. The new players coming in are not going to be quite up to speed. They're going to be physically fit and physically conditioned, but they won't be match sharp. And I think Fulham were just a little bit sharper to the ball a little bit sharper with the ball at the beginning of the match, just making um, some one or two touch passes. I think Southampton just took too many touches early on. But they weathered the storm in the first 20 minutes when Fulham were up, were high and were on top and then put in a really solid, pretty professional away performance. So, yeah, the changes would have made a difference. They would have affected the team. But I think the players that came and adapted well and they actually grew into the game. They got better as time went on. Um, and they can be reasonably happy with their performances after, you know, being out of the team. It's difficult to come into the team when you've not been playing, when you've been watching from the side, when you've been substitute. You want to come in, make an impression. Um, but they did OK today. Yeah, not a huge amount to talk about from the first half, Joe. But James Ward-Prowse did create a great chance from a free kick. What did you make of it? Yeah, I thought it was in another James Ward-Prowse special. It looked like it was destined for the top corner. Um, but yeah, that, that just goes to show, I think Fulham were... Uh, very hesitant to give away any free kick in and around the box. You know, they were staying on their feet as long as possible. Um, but yeah, then, again, it was a slow start from Southampton, which we're not quite used to seeing, um, I think. But maybe that's part of this new possession-based style where they don't try and go all out early on and try and spread their attacks throughout the game. But yeah, thought that was in. And obviously the follow-up was even closer. But um that was the only look that Walprouse really got from that distance. So I think that shows you the respect that they have for the set pieces teams now when they come up against Southampton. That's got to be the game plan. Let's not give away any silly free kicks in and around the box because they're going to punish us. So close. Uh, and yeah, it's, that would have been a wonderful way for Walprouse to celebrate what's been a wonderful season so far for them. Dean, that bouncing ball was ever so slightly unlucky for Shea. Can you see why he did misjudge that? I can see why he misjudged it. The ball did spin. I mean, it was a fantastic free kick and I think the keep, it came off the post. The keeper saved it, came back off the post. So there was going to be some some spin on the ball. Um, but I was just, I'm not a striker, so it's hard for me to comment, but I would have liked to have seen Shea throw his head at the ball. I was always taught, you know, if you're in the area, show throw your head, throw your body at the ball, especially that height. He's kind of tried to do a, a half volley with the inside of his foot and the spin's just taking it away from him. So, I'm probably being overcritical of him there and he probably knows a lot more than me because he's scored a lot of goal, more goals than me. But I would have liked to have just seen him throw his head at the ball, maybe a diving header, and then he's got a larger service to, um, to make contact with the ball. But a fantastic save by the goalkeeper, a great free kick um, and unfortunate for Shea. So I can't really say it was a miss or a mistake. Um, but yeah, I think you could see from Shea's reaction, he was really shocked with his facial expressions afterwards. And I think Bobby Reed as well kind of looked at Shea from the Fulham team and went, how did you miss that? But obviously, when you see it in a replay, the spin of the ball really did take it away from him. Yeah, and Joe, in the, in the second half, it seemed to be dominated by VAR decisions. We had a lengthy review for handball and then two goals chalked out for offside. Yeah, it was... Um... I wasn't quite sure what to make of those decisions, to be honest. I think obviously, the offside ones, you can't argue with that. You could see that it was just off on both occasions. Two great finishes, two great goals. With the handball situation, 
I, I thought that was handball, uh, to be perfectly honest. His arm was outstretched from his body. It hit the lower part of his arm. I believe Shane Long was in the box where the cross would have made its way towards him. So that was a dangerous situation. So, I mean, maybe that's with my Saints tinted glasses on, but um, I thought that was a penalty kick. I'm, the, the AR looked at it for a very long time. So usually when that happens, um, those penalty kicks are given. And I was quite surprised that the referee wasn't asked to go over to the review area to have a look for himself and make his own mind up. But yeah, on the on the overall uh, scheme of things, I think a point was probably a fair result because Fulham did have a couple of chances themselves. But yeah, I think Saints will feel like this is one that just got away from them today. Well, our viewers watching along at home have been offering their opinions on those VAR controversies as well. Uh, Nick's got in touch on Facebook. He says, clear penalty, shocking VAR. Uh, Phil has also left us a comment. He said, surely the arm stopped a goal-scoring chance with the cross being blocked. Uh, Some other comments coming in. Then this one's from Gary. He says, Walker Peters was the bright light today. And we have one here from Andrew. He says, if that team played again, there'd be a lot more cohesion. Still getting to know each other. Shame about the air shot but Diallo looked comfortable uh, Dean I want to ask you then what did you make of Diallo's first start for the Saints today? I think he'd done okay I, I, he did better than that he did fine I think you know he looked a little bit off the pace to start with a little bit nervous which is um, understandable because he's coming for, a, for his full Premier League debut for, for his new club um, but he did okay he just to start with, I felt as though he was kind of half a yard off the pace, couldn't quite get the ball out of his feet to get his passing going forward, was kind of mistiming and tackles, which we associate with him because he covers the ground pretty quickly. But I mentioned at the beginning, I think he grew into the game and, and became more comfortable and um, he started to do the basics really well. When you're playing centre midfield, the first thing you have to do is obviously be aggressive. You have to be fit to cover a lot of grounds, but do the basics well, get your passes off. And the more passes he got into the game, the more passes he found, his confidence grew. He started to intercept the ball. He made a few runs in the second half. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be reasonably pleased with his performance. He'll know he can do better. But like I said, the, the pitch at Craven Cottage is pretty tight and it was very competitive in the middle of the pitch with lots of bodies. So there was never going to be a free-flowing game for him. He was never going to set the world alight. But I think he did OK. He, it showed today that, uh, that Romeo is... As an exceptional player. I think he was missed today because he likes to take the ball under pressure. He can take the ball under pressure. He does make the team tick. Um, but uh, Diallo showed that he's a, a worthy backup at the moment and he can learn from Romeo. Um, and the more they work together in training, the more they play together, the more he'll improve. Now, well, Ralph has said that Yannick Vestergaard is going to be out for a month. He was replaced by Jack Stevens in the game today. Joe, how do you think he did? Did great. I mean, there was a wonderful block at the end of the game. There was like a game, a point-saving block where all the players went over and celebrated at the final whistle. So that's what Jack Stevens gives you. He's going to give you 100% commitment each week. Um, and yeah, I think he's now going to obviously have a run in the game. Uh, he's been waiting a long time. Um, was very good in recent months uh, for Saints as the starter ahead of Vestergaard. So I don't think there's too much to worry about there. Uh, be interesting to see if we see uh, Salasu as well, maybe over the festive period, maybe give him a chance along with Jack to stake a claim to replace Yannick in the next month or so. But yeah, I thought he was very good, came close to the header. Uh, he's, he's a bit of a threat, isn't he, in, in the attacking box and does a great job uh, defensively as well. So I don't think he really looked out of place, showed all his experience. And it was a tough game to come into, especially um, some of the commentators have mentioned it, but the pitch at Craven Cottage, it's a little bit bobbly at times. So I think with Saints 
being used to now playing the ball round at the back. Maybe that just stopped them uh, building out of the back uh, with uh, Stevens and Bednarak. But uh, yeah, very good display by Jack, considering he's been sat on the bench what's it six games now as a new sub so difficult to get that rhythm going uh but did very very well uh, now moving the chat on then i want to nod to this comment here from reese he's got in touch and said theo was his star man again today um dean i want to ask you i suppose a lot of us were assuming that theo would move forward and, and partner with shay um how did you think shane kind of fared alongside shay adams today and do you think ralph should stick with that or change that up for west ham yeah i think um to start with, I think Shay obviously um, Shane looked a little bit off the pace. Obviously, he's not played; he's not had a lot of first team um, appearances, um, and I think that showed. But I think he definitely grew into the game. It's a different partnership with him and Shay. They're very similar players. They're quite they hold the ball up well. They they've got similar attributes, so it's never going to be too exciting of a partnership. But I think Shay finished. Um, Shane finished really, really well. You know, he had that snapshot where the keeper made a really good save. He obviously scored the goal that was disallowed. So he was becoming sharper and more effective within the game. And Shea obviously worked his, worked his socks off like he always does. He looked a threat, didn't really have any opportunities today, except for that one where the ball spun away from him. So again, I think they did fine. I don't think it's a future partnership that the manager will look, look to and think, I'm going to try and develop this, I'm going to try and improve this. Um, I think it's needs must at the moment. But I think they probably deserve another game together. I would stick with them for, for West Ham. I like Theo Wide. I think he's performing very well. He obviously got the goal at the end where he's coming off the line from playing narrow. So he's effective in that position. Um, so I would give them another opportunity together. Um, but I don't think it's ever going to be the one where Shea and um, Danny combine. They play them little one-twos. They're intricate passes where they try and get in on a goal. I think it's just completely different. Now, Stuart Armstrong was back in the fold today. He played on the right, played on the left. Joe, do you think he had much influence on the game? Tough game for Stuart today. I just don't think it was really his type of game. As I mentioned before, the pitch was a bit bobbly. It was difficult in possession. Um, he likes to, you know, get on the ball and drift inside. It was very compact. I mean, we spoke before about Fulham had improved defensively. Um, and, you know, a 3-4-3 kind of system they're playing. I thought Anthony Robertson, their left wing back, was... Uh, superb today so he kind of shut down a lot of the space for Stuart Armstrong um, in that inside right channel and then of course he spent a lot of time defending which isn't really his game at all so yeah difficult uh, game for Stuart but I would persist with him against West Ham and um, I'm kind of of the opinion that I think Theo should go back up top uh, with Shea because I think they showed enough of a partnership and understanding with those intricate one-twos and they're a little bit different up top compared to, as Dean says, Shay and Shane are too similar for me as a strike partnership. So um, I would go with Theo up top and then maybe Musa and Armstrong uh, in those two attacking wide areas for the next game. But as we said before, Ralph's got options. Won't be too disappointed with this point, but he probably will just be saying we needed uh, someone like Danny Ings in there today who really had that clinical edge to finish Fulham off when they got the chance. As Joe just said there, Fulham are certainly better defensively. They really have found a bit of form of late. I know you're a fan of Scott Parker. What is it that has kind of resonated with him and Fulham? I think the, the change of shape that he's used has, has really, really helped uh, the team. It's more appropriate for the Premier League, should I say. Um, and I, what I like about Scott, obviously he's an English manager. He's a young English, English manager getting a chance in the Premier League. But what I think he's doing, he's making players better. So it shows that he's a good coach as well. 
I was really impressed with Lookman today. I think he was really good. Surprised me how strong he was on the ball. Loftus-Cheek, you know, is obviously a decent player, but looks like he, he could perform really well all season for Fulham and then maybe get a chance at Chelsea. And like Joe said, Robinson at left-back looks like a good player. So Scott looks like the more he works with the players, the more he works with the structure, he will improve the team and the players. And I think that's a sign of a good manager um, uh, and a good person that's had experience within the game. So he's educated and intelligent. So, you know, Fulham are getting better. Have they got enough? I'm not sure because they don't score enough goals. And I think that was a difference today. You know, both teams needed a clinical striker. Luckily for enough for Southampton, they have Danny Ings. So it's only a period of time that they'll be missing him. But I don't think Fulham have that. But I like what Scott's doing there. He's improving the players and improving the team. So he's a manager for the future. Yeah, well, it's still a point today for Southampton. So it keeps that unbeaten away run going. Not lost on the road since the opening day. So plenty of positives still to take from that, Joe. Definitely. Another clean sheet, which, you know, Alex McCarthy, I thought, was solid in whatever he had to do. So, yeah, it's every time Southampton play now, uh, if they don't win, uh, fans are somewhat disappointed, which is always a good sign. Uh, it shows they're in a good moment. And when you look at the table on Boxing Day, within touching distance of second place, just a couple of points away, with some favourable games coming up, especially at home. So, yeah, all things considered, um, you have to take uh, this point and just move on and know that you created chances and you were uh, a yard or half a yard uh, away from winning it late on with the offside decision. So, uh, overall, Southampton can go away very happy with this point. But there are little things to improve, which I know Ralph is doing all the time. Well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhusel now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. We had maybe the bigger chances than the opponent. Uh, scored two goals. The second one was fantastic played. A little bit unlucky. Big chance in the first half after the free kick from Browsey where Shea has a big chance to score. I saw one handball in the box. Uh, what I think it can be also penalty. But in the end, yeah, to take a point here is not so bad because it's tough here. The pitch is tight, you get a lot of pressure. When you concede a goal, you nearly have no chance to come back. So the clean sheet was the most important thing today after the changes we had in the team. Uh, important for the new players that were coming in, that they show up immediately and it was good. Yeah, how pleased were you with the clean sheet? Because I don't think Alex McCarthy really had a, a proper save to make. Yes, but uh, you could always see that this opponent is, is dangerous. So he's defended well, especially around the box. Some deep defending scenes I, I remember where we definitely had to to come behind the ball to block shots. And especially in the overtime, there was the last last shot here where Jack, I think, blocked the shot. It was important. Eh? And yeah, it's, it's, I'm happy for the point for the guys. After the lose against Man City, it's important that we get the next point not losing again and so we can now go in a in a game against West Ham what we have never took a point since I'm here so we have something to do that, to be better. Well it's West Ham up next on Tuesday evening. Ahead of that game what's your thoughts Dean? Let's come to you first. I think again it's another game that Southampton can win. It's a, it's a home game uh, which is good. Um, the performances at home have been very very good um, all season so they'll be confident going into that team. West Ham are a a strange team, really. They've had a, an OK season for for West Ham, but they're obviously coming off a, a heavy defeat against Chelsea. Um, so they'll be looking to, to bounce back. And um, I would be confident with, as, as a Southampton player. You know, play, playing at home, it's a better pitch. It's a bigger pitch. It'll be more expansive. They'll have uh, more possession. They'll create more chances. Um, and the players that have come in today will have that 90 minutes under their belt. So they'll be a bit more up to match speed, up to match tempo. 
Um, so I would look forward to the game, and I fancy Southampton against anyone. I really do, because they've played well all season. They've In the last three games, they've drawn two and lost one, but we've played Arsenal, Man City and Fulham. So the return's not too bad. If they can back it up with a win against West Ham, then it's, it's, it's a good festive period going into the new year. Yeah, and yourself, Joe, do you expect Ralph to maybe shake it up here back at St Mary's? I think so. I think it may be a little bit too much for someone like Shane Long to play two full 90s within a few days of each other. So, again, maybe Walcott, Gineppo, uh, maybe C. Teller uh, as well. So, excited to see how they do. Um, excited for the battle midfield with uh, Oriol coming back in, I would imagine, uh, against Declan Rice. That's really a, a battle to look out for there and I think will be key in this game. But I'm looking forward to Southampton making a statement for what's been a wonderful 2020. So many points won, uh, so much progress made uh, on the pitch and up the table. And I think this would be a wonderful way to see out 2020, to show the progress they've made and give them a lot of hope for what 2021 can bring. Because as I said, they're in touch and distance of the Champions League places uh, as we close out and head towards halfway through the season, which I think every Southampton fan out there would have taken that at the start of the season. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks to our guests, Dean Hammond and Joe Prince-Wright. We'll be back on Tuesday.